0: Hello my loves, it's Lala
1: Kent With Randall
0: And I am on the road again So we're basically doing this podcast In separate areas of the nation
1: Wah, wah, wah (laughs) Not so fun, not so fun, babe When you're not here sitting next to me But but I will tell you And I have to just kick it off Because the excitement is overwhelming In all of the podcasts And I don't know how many, so 20-something this is by far our biggest guest in the history of our podcast. The biggest movie star we have ever had come through these doors. And yes, I'm not a
0: legend, a legend. Tell
1: him, baby, keep it, keep pumping it up before we tell him. Who he he's is. an
0: icon, he's a freaking icon. I mean, like, no matter when you were born, how old you are, you know who this dude is.
1: The biggest, the biggest. He has more successful franchises. More over 2.7 billion lifetime box office. We have none other coming on today for give them Lala with Randall. Who would have ever thought Sylvester Stallone, a.k.a. Rocky Balboa.
0: it's too good too good when you told me when you told me that he committed and he was down to do the podcast i won't lie randall i was like omg rand you're gonna have to like Carry this! I'm freaking out. I'm nervous. Like I only talk to Bravo celebrities. I'm freaking out.
1: <laughs> <laughs> okay, first of all, not true, but but I I know you're freaking out because you actually called me, and I'm gonna I'm gonna let the cat out of the bag. You called me yesterday and said, "Babe, I just want you to know something. Um, when Sylvester Stallone is on, I'm gonna just kind of let you lead the way." First of all, I haven't led the way in this relationship in four years, so I don't know what you're talking about. But anyway, I knew you. Well, were then you should remote. take
0: advantage of this moment.
1: Um, I want to tell you something really interesting. I was talking to I I call him Sly. So I was talking to Sly because I've done movies with him. I, I was talking to Sly earlier today, and I didn't know this, but he has never done a podcast before. So this is his first podcast ever. So I am blown away by how kind he is being to do this for us.
0: Oh my gosh! And can I tell you something that's like you probably won't care about? But I was <laughs> trolling the gram.
1: <laughs> no, probably not. I was not.
0: trolling. No, you won't. I was trolling the gram, and I was looking at this girl's page. Her name is uh, Brielle Bierman. She's Kim Zolciak Beerman's daughter, right? Okay. Kim Zolciak is a Bravo celebrity. She was on Housewives of Atlanta. So I'm looking at Brielle's page, and she's chilling at Catch with. Sistine Stallone. They're homies. So I think Sly may be a little closer to the Bravo fam.
1: That he even than knows. He... Then he even knows.
0: Exactly. Yes.
1: Well, let me tell you, that is great tea. I, I've learned that word, so I can own it now. <laughs> <laughs> Producer Tim sitting here. Tim, I mean, did you ever think in our entire old age that we'd ever be dropping the word tea? I still haven't dropped it. It just doesn't like feel good coming out of my mouth.
0: Tim is going to drop it soon. I have a feeling he's going to be. I mean, you guys don't need to spill the tea. You just need to sip up on, you know, my, oh my piping hot English breakfast. That's okay. all. This all is all just good. going
1: to another level. And the funny thing is Tim's wife is English. So the only tea he knows about is drinking it at high noon or whatever he drinks
0: with, with your pinkies up it's <laughs> the, the
1: afternoon tea hour. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, I, I'm very excited. Lot. You know, listen, I, I started working with Sly. Uh, my partner George and I started working with Sly many years ago and it's just such an honor he is even when I walk onto the set and I'm not going to tell him this to his face because I'm too embarrassed but he'll hear this I'm sure now Um, but every time I meet with him on a movie discuss a script go to his house to talk about a film or walk onto the set and see him it's still like holy shit it's Sylvester Stallone so I'm I'm never going to say that and don't rat me out but it's pretty exciting and I'm 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 pretty uh, I'm a little nervous now to be honest. I haven't been nervous this no, entire podcast.
0: Randall, Randall, my <laughs> stomach is in freaking knots. Like oh, he's a legend and I'm not kidding. Like if I fall silent, know that I'm still breathing. I'm just <laughs> trying to regain my composure. Okay. Okay.
1: Um, I'm with you. I'm with you. And, and 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 we'll talk about Sistine when we get uh, Sly on the phone, one of his daughters who uh, is amazing and an actress and who actually was in my first movie that I directed, Midnight in Switchgrass. So that's a really cool thing. And I'll, I'll tell Sly when we get on. I'll tell that story about when he called me. I'll never forget that um, because I didn't even call Sly to ask his permission to put his daughter in the movie. His age, Her agent called me and said, are you open to Sistine Salone? And we're like, of course. And we looked at her tape and she auditioned, she read, and we watched the tape and we cast her and she flew out. I never had a conversation with Sly. I think I was too scared. I thought he would just be like, you know, fuck off. My daughter's not doing your movie. But it, but it wasn't like that. <laughs> um, it was the opposite. And she got out there and she was a total pro and clearly the lineage, you know, lives on through her. So that's going to be a fun thing. So I, I'm really pumped up. I don't even know where to go. So I'm, you know, and and your fans sometimes say I talk too much. I talk over you. So I'm gonna for three minutes. I'm gonna shut up, and I want you, Law, to run this podcast so that I can prove no, that, no. So I so I can prove that I can be quiet. <laughs> go, go, Law, go. Okay, so let's
0: talk, we're we're gonna get down on into the nitty gritty. Randall, you're gonna have to not be totally silent because we're gonna go there right now with how my mother thinks. Can we go there?
1: Oh, we can go there, but I mean, I still want to have a future mother-in-law, so. uh... No,
0: I know. Okay. So, (laughs) Randall and (laughs) I, my my mom, my mom does this thing where, like, she, she's very giving. She, you know, she, she works for the Humane Society of Utah before that. She was working with special needs. Like, she's just a giver. Yeah. Yes. Humane Society of Utah. If you don't know where to donate <laughs> your money, that's where you should give it to. And so, my mom recently feels that she has the kindest heart because she volunteers things, but she's volunteering my services now. <laughs> yes and, people don't know and that, and that about so your when, mom. When your I, mom, yeah.
1: your mom. I will say it kindly because I need your mom in my corner. But your mom likes to step and volunteer you without your permission. And right. Yes. So
0: yes. So my friend was getting married, and oh, Randall and my I bought god, these you're doing speakers. This. Oh my <laughs> god! Oh my god! Wait, <laughs> wait, La, wait, yeah. Law, real quick.
1: What? I'm gonna shut up, but I just you have big balls, so I'm gonna be
0: quiet. Okay, just listen. Just listen. Okay, so Rand and I bought these speakers. They were like a hundred bucks each. We bought two for the backyard, right? Okay, so my friend's getting married, and my mom then says, like, she calls me and she's like, "Hey." They're, they're going to still get married. It was like COVID. They're going to get married like outside. It's going to be amazing. I was thinking that you could bring your speakers. And when I told her that's not happening, I am not hauling speakers onto a freaking plane. These are not small speakers. They're huge. When I shut her down, which when I shut her down, she gets all moody. And so I told her, I was like, it's not happening, mom. And she then tells me, she goes, I'm just nicer than you are. Like, I just like to help people. I'm like, bro, no, this isn't you helping anybody. This is you volunteering me to help someone. Like, you bring speakers, or you go to Target and buy speakers. Like, what the fuck, Ma?
1: No, not only did you you shut her down, and I said, but don't worry, she's coming again for a second ask. And then you said... Mom, it's not happening. These speakers no, aren't leaving no, our no. house. No, no, no. Randall,
0: remember, I said to you after we had the conversation, I was like, she's going to hit me back and say, I'll carry the speakers yes. on the plane. And she did. Yeah,
1: she did. <laughs> I mean, I said to her, I made a joke when we were in Florida last week. I said... Lisa, why don't you just dig up our pool and fly it out to Texas and you can put the pool in the backyard.
0: Dude, the woman thinks she's Mother Teresa, but she's like volunteering me to like be the mother.
1: The next time somebody asks me to like help them move, I'm going to be like, oh, yeah, yeah, no, my, my wife will go do that for you. You're welcome. Yeah.
0: And then, when, and then Tim, when your wife says no, you can tell her I'm just nicer yeah, than you. I I'm just so, like so
1: much more generous ball. than you. <laughs> Uh, Lisa Bernie. Oh, Lisa. Lisa Lisa's going to
0: slaughter us. She's wait, gonna be, no, not that me. Was so rude. Not me.
1: I want to tell you, Lisa. I am the biggest supporter of the Humane Society of Utah. You know that financially and emotionally. So please go for your daughter on this one. I had nothing to do with this story.
0: I, I just had to share that story because it, it was epic. Laugh.
1: It was epic. All right. Let me tell you something. Great job. Your fans cannot get mad at me now for cutting you off. And I shut up for. Two minutes and now I'm ready to talk because I don't have a platform to talk. Uh, I am not on a TV show. I'm just Randall, the movie producer.
0: Uh, I'm so I miss you so bad, babe.
1: I miss you too, baby.
0: All right, let's get let's get sly on this well, line. Let's
1: go to break. Let's go to break. Take a quick break and we're gonna come back with Rocky Balboa. Ay-y-y-y-y-y!
0: And we are back with the infamous Legend. <laughs> so like, I was
2: just. <laughs> I, I was sound just, like an outlaw.
0: <laughs> you, you're just like I was telling rand No matter who you are, when you were born, where you come from, you know who Sly is. And so I'm, I'm shooting bricks. The fact that we have you, on. Oh, I am not oh. even okay.
2: Well, <laughs> vice versa. I'm, I'm nervous around you guys. Though. Oh come on.
0: Oh that's sweet slide. No, you
2: guys just ooze talent here and your show is fantastic. <laughs> it's, you know, oh, it's not easy you. to do what you do. So I'm, uh, I'll am i be as cooperative as I can.
1: Thank you. And I got to tell you something. I, you know, when we started this slide, you know, we got together a lot on I to do this and I've never been in front of the camera and nor does anybody want to see my face in front of the camera. But, <laughs> no, <not> sure. but, <laughs> but anyway, this has been a lot of fun. And honestly, first of all, thank you for doing this. You're obviously the biggest guest uh, we've ever had. Um, I just want to jump in real quick, and I want to tell people, because I don't know if everybody knows this, but I want to get into the Rocky story, which I know a little bit about. You wrote Rocky in 1975 at age 29 over the course of three days, one of the most legendary franchises that you went on to be nominated for three Oscars. You won a Golden Globe. Um, You know, uh, it, it's it's unbelievable. Can you just share kind of how it started for you to become, you know, who you are?
2: Okay. Uh, well, I was a knock-around actor in New York, and I I wasn't getting anywhere because uh, people thought I had an affectation with my voice. Uh, it was very, very deep, and I slurred a great deal because of a, an accident I had uh, during birth, which is a forcep accident. That sort of numbed uh, my vocal cord, so I, no matter what, I always sound like I'm half underwater. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> wow! I, I didn't know that. Inside, oh yeah, I sound to me inside, I sound like uh, you know a Daniel Day Lewis, or I sound all you know, like, but when <laughs> oh, it comes God. out. I sound like a, like a mafia pole bearer. You know what I mean? It's like, well, how are you <laughs> doing? How are you doing?
0: I should be hot. <laughs> I I like it. Can, well,
2: you know, the thing is, I finally realized that I'm never going to get cast in uh, anything unless perhaps I sort of do it myself. I realized the jig was up in 1970 when I couldn't even get an extra part in The Godfather. I went, oh, look, I'll be in the wedding scene. I said, I'll stand behind the cake. Anything. <laughs> I said, Wow, this is really not looking good. So that's when I started to write and I had never written before. But I took a job as an usher at night, literally to just record. I had a little recorder, you know, movies like MASH and other other vehicles. And I go home and I listen to the dialogue. And then I started to write new dialogue for the same movie, kind of like as an exercise. Well, anyway, years move on, nothing happens, and I go to Hollywood, and I, um, I get some half-baked agent, <laughs> and I just have an open audition, and and I don't even know how I got it. I think it a guy named Gene Kirkwood got it for me for Shawdoff and Winkler, and they didn't want to really see me, but I, I think it was a favor. Everyone was looking at their cufflinks, at like their watch, and you know <laughs> oh what God. I mean? That thing. It's the truth. So they said, oh, you know, thanks for coming. I go, thanks. And on the way out for some reason, I said, I don't know if it matters, but I write a little bit and they go, okay, sure. Well, if you got anything, just let me know. And that's it. So I went, wow, the door is open, but I don't have anything. And that's when I went home and formulated Rocky right away. I said, I need something that will relate to everybody, but also it's perfect for who I am, my slurry voice, the way I look, the way I sound. Right. And that's when I came up with this half-baked idea of Rocky. And I started to borrow from other films, like On the Waterfront, Mean Streets, this and that, that kind of, I said, you know, that kind of vibe sort of works. And I just sat down, I started writing and writing and writing. And about three and a half days later, I had uh, about a 95-page script. I'm not saying it was, you know, probably, you know, Randall maybe. Twenty percent was good, but it was done. Wow, it was done! It, wait, and wait,
1: Sly, you did that in three days?
2: Yeah, three and a half days. That's unbelievable. But then again, it wasn't. It wasn't. It wasn't know. the shooting script, but it was. No, no, it wasn't. But see, I'm a big believer that uh, I'd rather get something done, and if it's a little sloppy, I can fix it. The main thing is while you're in that mood, while you're in that fever, yeah, go for it and repair it later, rather right. than some, Yeah, you know, some some actors are painters. We'll spend a year on something. I'm going, uh, how do you stay passionate for a year? You don't. No. You it's don't. Tough. Then it becomes clinical. then you become uh, sort of uh, you get you start to get you doubt yourself, you question yourself. Is this page good? Is that page good? So I'm I'm a believer in just jumping head first into something. And I'll fix the mistakes later. I'll get I'll get stitched up later. I'll put my arm in a cast later. <laughs> but at least it's done.
1: Right, right, right. Now what happens after after
2: this? Because well, I mean, this is unbelievable. I, I walk in there. I walk in there, and I say, "Here's his screenplay." And they went, hmm, "Not bad, not bad, not bad." Um, we'd like to, you know, what, we'll run with it. This this is not a bad story. It's kind of derivative, but we'll. we'll and I said, well, I want to be in it. They go. <laughs> "What? <laughs> they said, how was that reaction? On, why don't you try comedy? Really? <laughs> like, like, who knows you? Oh, one. God. And, and they were pretty blunt. They said, tell you the truth, you have a speech impediment. We, we don't. We're going to tell you right now. It's hard to understand you. So <laughs> and I go, he's punchy anyway. So what? And they go, they didn't think that was funny. So they offered a certain amount of money. And I was broke. I mean, when I tell you it was, you know, it's a, one of those things where you're at a crossroad, guys, and you go, this is it. You either take a little bit of money now or you just go all in. Wow. So it went to 20 grand was the Writers Guild minimum. And then I said, no, they, they were kind of flabbergasted. Anyway, cut to a long story short, they said, look, we got guys like Burt Reynolds and Ryan on you know, the Robert Redford, and Jimmy Conn. No, is that all these physical types back then? Yeah. There was a real plethora. There was an abundance of them as opposed to today. Right. And they said, why don't you just take a hundred grand? So I went home to my wife Said a hundred grand and she'd like almost got a nosebleed. She goes, cool. <laughs> I go, but do you understand <laughs> <laughs> that's going to be gone and we're going to be here and I'm going to be really bitter really bitter. I just know I I'm, I'm going to be a, I I just don't have the mentality to realize I sold out and if the movie God forbid became a hit then I'm going to be useless to you, to me, to society. I just know it. I'm just going to be a shell of a man. I
1: just want to say when things like the fact that you had the foresight or you know to be able to see that because 99% of the world that kind of money back then would be half yeah. a million dollars today and if you're broke Ninety-nine percent of the world's taking that deal. So the fact that you believed in yourself on the long play is is unbelievable. I mean, it's such a oh, lesson. You know, you. But but okay. So now what happens?
2: So it goes up. It goes up to two hundred grand, <laughs> and my now God. my agent is going seriously. We're it, it's like this is a lot of money. I said, I, but it's not. I'm telling you, I can't ever live with myself. If I, I'm telling you. And then it went to three hundred and sixty thousand oh, dollars. Now God. that that's this is now the studio is going, what is this like a game? He's not worth it. This movie isn't worth it. So they're getting very angry at the producers. Everyone hates everybody now. And <laughs> so <laughs> finally, finally they go, you know what? We're gonna we'll 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 do this movie, we'll pay him 20 grand. He gets nothing, he gets 360. $360 a week before taxes oh, oh my and God. after five days if we don't like him we're firing him and they didn't even know who I was they they go who is Stallone can we see a picture of him <laughs> so what they did is they send over the uh, a, a print of Lords of Flatbush where I played this like 220 pound grease ball <laughs> and, but the oh, lead in it was movie star handsome his name was Perry King He looked like Brad Pitt, cleft in the chin, blue eyes, blonde hair as waspy and big, you know, truly handsome. So they go, Oh, we can do something with that guy. And then he said, okay, we'll green light the movie. They think I'm the blonde with the blue eyes. And then when it finally dawned on them, I'm the thug looking guy with the crooked mouth and the brown eyes. (laughs) It was too late. Seriously. They said, okay, We'll try it for five days. If we hate him, we're canceling the movie because they didn't want to make it. They were only making this literally as a second billing at a drive-in. This was never meant to be released. I couldn't believe it, but it's true. Wow. So I remember the first day on the set, I went, God, this is this is it. Um Go for it, my friend. And I remember the day where I'm supposed to shake down. It's it's the first scene on the docks where I go and I'm a loan shark collector. And I go up to the guy, hey, you know, you owe me hundred fifty dollars. You can pay Mr. Gazzard. He because I don't have it. I go, take my coat. I don't want your coat. Come on, come here. Break my thumbs. Don't think it. I said, Look, I won't break your thumbs. And you see that Rocky is like really a nice guy. Yeah. he's he's he can't even do anything well and the studio went you know this my this is kind of interesting you know and that was the beginning so i'm just a, a composite of errors that worked <laughs> oh out God.
1: that is that is a very humble statement i have a question when you sure. were done with rocky when did it happen like where you where it became rocky you know like when was that moment where you knew Wow
0: everything I, had changed yes right. yes yeah, yeah. Uh,
2: they they had a screening um, at MGM and made <laughs> me tell me about it. So I got there like literally as the movie ended and I was standing there just looking at people coming up and Frank Sinatra I went, wow, he's what? here. Oh my damn God. And he and he started to go by me and he walked past and I remember he pulled out a camel. And I'll never get in a camel lighter. It like had a lighter for camels (laughs) and he started tapping it. The cigarette on the lighter. He looked up, he goes, Hey, you're the wise guy in the film. You know what? You're not going to be in anyone's rear view mirror for long. Wow. Come on. You're not going to be in anyone's rear view mirror for long. Frank Sinatra. Frank Sinatra for real. And then, a couple of years later, I met him, and I reminded him of that. Of course, he's like, "Who are you?" <laughs> <laughs> but, but at the moment, it seemed I said, "Damn!" And it just sort of happening. It was him, and and a couple of, like Diana Shore. Then another person came out, uh, Anthony uh, Anthony Hopkins. And I'm like, damn,
0: oh yeah,
2: all these people. Wow! So that's when I realized something was happening. Yeah. Then, then about a week later, they had a screening at the Writers uh, Directors Guild, and everything went wrong. No one laughed, no one applauded. When the movie was over, everyone left. And I went, "Holy wow, this is really bad." And and I went into major depression. Oh wow! So as I was going down the escalator uh, to leave, and it, complete silence. I mean, it was like pitiful. So. I look up and there's everyone waiting in the lobby. Like, these are hardcore directors, you know, and, you know, everyone, Hollywood runs on the three H's. You know, Hollywood hates happiness. That's it. Wow, that's a great one. It is. Hollywood hates happiness. And, you know, you're, you're like, because if that guy succeeds, that means you might not. Right. So it's a really tough, tough, tough crowd, very clinical crowd. And when they were down there and they started applauding, I went. Damn! I'm going to be able to buy a house. <laughs> I'm going to pay for food. I can get my dog back. I mean, all these things started to happen, and so it was. When people ask me, like, "How do you do it?" I don't know, Randall. Lala. It, it's it, it's just a it's just a, a a confluence of so many different things happening that there is there's no formula, as you know. Yeah, it's the things that you think will never work. If I tried to pitch Rocky today, let's say I was a nobody, that movie would never be made ever in a million years.
1: It was the time. So it's a
2: matter of timing this, the country at that time. I mean, every film I was up against, like all the president's men dealing with Watergate, taxi driver, dealing with, you know, nihilism and politics uh, bound for glory again politics. And I'm going and then Rocky, the goofy guy who just wants to fall in love. And be happy. That's it. it is a love. So, it is a yeah. love
1: story. I mean, at, at its core, and the underdog it succeeding. Is. Right. I mean, if you're looking at it's it.
2: a love story, and he happens to be a boxer and not a very good one. <laughs> <Right>? no, <laughs> he, he, he's a terrible fighter, but he he really. And I said, like, I never put it in the screenplay, but I wanted to because I'm no great fighter. I fight great fighters, but ain't nothing great about me. Oh wow. Except I don't want to lose. That's it. That, and that's basically how I've lived my life. I'm not wow. a great actor or a great this or a okay, great Okay, come writer, on, come on. But no, I'm serious. I, I, I look at some of these actors and, God, that guy is incredible. Or look at that writing. But there's another element to it. There's a, a desire to get it across the finish line. it's just, you know what I mean, win. Right. It may not be pretty, but I just want to make it. You know, win. I just want to win. Right. And it's, it's
0: that's it. It's the heart. It's the heart behind what yeah. you do, and that's what makes you a legend. And oh, I don't that, know if you yeah. believe in things <laughs> like this, but like that. you know, why You were you. It was just in the stars for you. You were destined to make something great and be great. And th- that's that's how I feel about it. So thank you for sharing. So oh wow. well,
2: thank you. Well, for all the other outcasts out there, come <laughs> I, on, boys. <I>, <laughs> Don't yeah, all you little outcasts that think that you know you're different and you're weird. Cause you are. You are different and you are weird. But that's what makes that's what makes for really interesting adventures in your life, because you're not the status quo. You're the outcast. And and I say embrace your oddness. Really, I'm telling you, you don't want to fit in you don't want to fit it.
0: Oh, I love that.
1: And by the way, I love that slide cuz I grew up obviously as an outcast and I, I you know, as you know, I've I've trailblazed yeah. my own path. I I want to say, you know, people don't realize that to have one franchise in Hollywood is a dream. I mean, that that really as a producer, a director an actor, everybody wants a single franchise. You have Rocky, Rambo, Expendables, uh, and Escape Plan. I mean, you have multiple franchises. Do you do you recognize I mean I, I know you know how hard it is to, to be successful, but do you even know how hard it is to have four I mean nobody has that that he's I he's
0: like know. he's like, yeah dude I know how hard it is. We, I, no. uh, <laughs> no. <to> it. <laughs> Thanks
1: Lala. Thanks. <laughs> Thanks for that.
2: I, you know, I tell you Lala you, you've got the uh you know if you can do a sequel I, hmm, it's the third one. It's the third one is that really that's because you've lost the element of surprise. But what early on in my career, I go, why can that television show run for 10 years and you make an interesting character and actors go, well, that's it. I don't want to revisit that again. I go, but the character is still growing and the audience really likes it. Why would you stop and they go, because it's not pure, it's, it's, uh, it's a money grab. I go, it, well, it's all those things, but it still can be really good entertainment, and the character is growing, because the actor is growing. And uh, so I earlier on, I've always, I've always said, why? I mean, if I see Rambo, like, I was the 11th choice for Rambo. Nobody wanted to do the movie. Everyone in Hollywood who had any kind of notoriety, said pass including three different directors i read rambo went this is a no-brainer this is an interesting all i have to do is change one thing rambo was a psychotic and i go you know what let's make the world psychotic and he just wants to like fit in as opposed to being out that's all i want to change i said in the in the uh, novel guys he kills everyone he's crazy and I go, why, why, why? If you just take that element out and he wants to fit in, whole other character, whole other story. And I would do, if, <laughs> if my body would hold up, I would do him and show, Rambo literally turns into dust. Like, okay, Rambo 20. That dust bowl. Oh
0: my God! And that's it.
2: It swirls away in a dust devil, and that's the end of it.
1: Wait. So, so, but, but, Sly. So, all these people passed on Rainbow, which I had no idea. And again, another property that you saw something that nobody else saw. I mean, that's kind of the. That's pretty epic. Real, real quick nostalgia. I said it before we had you on. You know, it's crazy, the story of Sistine, one of your daughters, right. who, who worked on my first movie I directed. And I didn't, I was telling the audience the story that I didn't call you, which normally I, I call you for anything uh, Stallone related. Right. And her agent had called me and she, and I was like, of course I'll, I'll see Sistine. I mean, the lineage is there. Let's see. And I watched her tape and she crushed it. She's obviously an incredible talent. We cast her on the spot. And you, I don't think knew till she was in Puerto Rico filming. Is that or, or, or about to leave?
2: <laughs> about to. That leave. is so. I was so shocked. That's when I called you. I said, is this true? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I thought she had run away from home. Said, no, oh, in Puerto Rico. I swear to you. So she doesn't want any help at all. So I was so taken aback that she actually did it on her own volition. Was, oh, yeah. Nice. Wow. Nice. And,
1: I, and I gave her a lot of resp- uh, props. I said to her, I said, you know, I've not. She said, have you spoken to my dad? I said, I, I've never not spoken to your dad. No. And, and I said, and when she got there, she pretty much had finished her the day before she was about to shoot. And then you called me and I was even right. more shocked. And we, were, we, I think we were both shocked. Like, you didn't know. I didn't know. We didn't know. No, and, we didn't know.
2: And- <laughs> I know. And it's, it really is hard for uh, kids that have—I guess you might say—have a step up or privileged background to feel as though they've actually done something on their own cognizance, you know, on their own watch. And uh, thank you very much for recognizing that she she literally did it without any help from her father. No, no, 100,
1: 100 percent. And there were three uh girls up for that role and i watched them all just on performance and she crushed it and she was fantastic on set she was
0: fantastic took
1: direction and and she just she's she's great she's obviously got it in her blood and she's gonna have a a a big career so i thank you for that
0: before we go are are any of your other girls into acting or is it just uh sistine
2: no actually uh Scarlet has, there's something about Scarlet that is very drawn to the arts, and it's something that I kind of dissuade. I said, you know, this comes with an abundance of heartache. You understand that? And this is the most insecure profession there is because the product is you. It's not a pair of shoes or a purse. When you don't get it, it's you being rejected. So the one thing, if, if you have to have incredibly, incredibly, thick skin it's more important than having thick hair thick <laughs> <skin>. <laughs> <That's amazing. laughs> so if you have that you may persevere uh sophia is very very um erudite she likes to read she's this and that so they're actually uh, doing a podcast together oh wow Justine and scott they're starting i think in a day or so and it's called are you ready? Yes. Un- tell wax. us. Tell us. Unwaxed.
0: Oh
1: my god, that's fun.
2: That's Unwaxed. Fun. <laughs> is, you could t- interpret that a lot of ways: surfboards or oneself.
1: Oh <laughs> my goodness! Well, that I can't wait to hear that. As soon as that's out, I'm sure I'll I'll see the the news. Oh, thank they, you. They're going to be great, and obviously they they they're, they're going to have a. Uh, uh, an easy time getting guests you know i mean I, well I, i'm gonna
2: thank you listen you two guys are doing a fantastic job i know it's not easy uh, we know each other personally yeah so sure. this this is a, a a wonderful treat because this came out of nowhere so it's something that you've all developed and you you know you. you are such a magnanimous and, and humorous and smart man and lala you my <laughs> god is there anything you can't do here? Uh, there we go,
0: slide. There we go. That is very nice.
2: Very nice, <laughs> my God. That's so sweet.
0: That,
2: It's so serious. I mean, you asked a nice question, but you have a certain um, aura about your show here that I, I see nothing but green lights and blue skies for you uh, guys. Dude, Sly,
1: oh,
0: you're the best. we are oh so grateful
1: God. to have you. Thank you, and thanks for being a great friend and colleague and guest I, I love you, and I'm appreciative, and, and we just can't say enough
2: nice things. So. Well, thank you, and we're going to be working together real soon, as you know.
1: Yes, we have an announcement soon on another movie that we're doing <laughs> together.
2: So You bet.
1: All right, thanks, Sly, and everybody. Thanks, all right, thank guys. you, guys. I'll Hi see you wife. later. Wow, La. I am I I
0: so I mean, I'm, like, shooketh.
1: I'm going to say something. I think that your fans will be happy because I think that's the first time I was quiet pretty much the entire episode I mean he by the way he deserves I mean my silence because he is just epic epic
0: he is he is epic and every time you know I've had the pleasure of being around him in more intimate settings and it's you almost have to like take a. you have an out-of-body experience like when you go through his life and that He wasn't given a chance, so he was like, fuck this, I'm writing my own script. Like he just like he did the work. They don't there aren't very many stars like him anymore. Uh, There's a lot of waiters, there's not a lot of people who who go for it.
1: I wanna I wanna second that. I agree with you. And not only that, to hear that being an outcast makes you unique and special and drives success. I think a lot of us share that same kind of thing. You know, I was an outcast, you were an outcast. And I think that being an outcast as when you're young, we have to embrace that and say it's okay because that means we're creating our own path and our own way and we're not going to be a follower. And anyway, I was just, look, I've known Sly a long time and I felt like, wow, he really gave us his heart in this interview and I felt like he really shared with us things that he didn't have to share and vulnerability to, so if people who are wanting to get in the business or wanting to start their own business, maybe they can take away from this interview that, you know, don't be afraid and and just create your own path and be honorable to that. So I am, I'm, I'm so moved right now. I'm so grateful and I'm so thankful for having Sylvester Stallone.
0: I also have to give you, before we let everyone go back to their real life, I also have to give you a lot of credit, Rand, because, you know we we have these guests on and they're very open with us and they share things that, you know, I think they, they otherwise wouldn't share if they didn't feel safe. And we, you and I have talked about this before. This podcast is not to we always talk about spilling the tea, but I'm not here to break news. I'm not here to like make you feel uncomfortable. And hopefully a lot of articles are written about it. I just want people to show up and feel like they're in a safe place and you bring guests on that you've really, Made incredible um friendships with them. so they feel safe with you. So I appreciate also that. give yourself some credit when when we have guests on that share like that. They also are doing that because they feel safe with you. no,
1: and I and, ho- I, 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 and
0: hopefully wait. me too. no,
1: <laughs> no but I, uh, first of all, I appreciate that, babe. and and of course, and i I know that they're they come on because there is a trust and a long history of a relationship. But at the same time, even coming on, you know, They make a decision and you're right. I obviously I think because of our relationship they open up more, but it is so kind to see somebody of his success sit on our podcast and say, Hey, you know, this is what it was like, and I wasn't secure when I didn't have anything and blah blah blah. And honestly, I really hope our audience embraces these vulnerable, honest, authentic moments that we get with our guests, because for me Everything's about, you know what? Let's take it back a step. Everything's about relationship. You know, our podcast is built on our relationship. That's how it started. But it's also our relationships with everybody else, you know, with our friends, with our circle, with people we meet. And I I just am grateful to have you and to have this podcast and a platform for us to share and bring people in that are part of our lives. And Sly was an incredible guest today, and it was just perfect.
0: Well, we are super corny today. Super cheesy. <laughs> I, I, I'm, I'm into it. I don't think there's going to be any comments in the comment section that say we bicker too much. No. Because we are showing mad love to each other. We are. First, of, first of all, I want and
1: I want to say something because I don't read the comments, but you've told me. If anybody says we bicker too much, first of all, we're in a relationship. What do you think? Second of all, I love you, babe, and you love me, and we know that. <laughs> and I just had to say it out loud. But I have a question for, for producer Tim because he is like the movie guru. What is your takeaway from that podcast? Because you've been around Sly on our movies and stuff. Yeah. You know, I I was uh, struck by how inspirational he was and and just, you know, making a point to speak to people with aspirations and dreams of getting into the I mean, I, I took his comments as much more broad than just the film industry. But, you know, he did speak directly to those young people that are trying to catch a break. But I agree with you. I agree that it was much broader and I think that no matter what business you're in after this podcast you should be so inspired if you're trying to, you know, I don't know, if you're tr- whatever you're trying to do, start up a new company from scratch in your basement, like this podcast should tell you, go do it. Don't think about it. Don't over obsess. Don't obsess over it. Just do it. And and that's the, m- the words I'm going to take away from today. So, Lala, any last words cuz I just I'm on such a high right now.
0: Um, all I want to say is we just had motherfucking Sylvester Stallone on our podcast. Um. No big deal. <laughs> <laughs>
1: I'm going to leave it at that. Uh, all right. Lala. All right. Go ahead, baby. Take us out.
0: I'm going to take you out by reminding you that Give Them La La Beauty has just relaunched. So go to GiveThemLaLa.com for all of your La La goods. And we want to thank you so much for tuning in to the Give Them La La with Randall podcast again. And we will catch you next week. Bye bye